Welcome to Karura's weekly podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us. We hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in. We start in three, two, one. Today I want us to look at the power of together. This I hope will prepare us um, for what is to come because we grow best together. What's our vision? What's our vision? Pastor Martin really likes to ask us that question, so I'm sure many of you know the, 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 the vision. What's the vision of Karura Community Chapel? Becoming Christ-like disciples. Ah, so you guys are okay. Doing well. Thank you. Becoming Christ-like disciples, engaging the world. We take that word Christ-like and make an acronym to remind us what a disciple should look like. And the C is, is centered on God. H, holy in life. R, righteous in action. Integrated in the body. Spirit-filled for service. Um, totally engaged, which means that the, the whole of our lives, every part of my life should be reflecting my faith, the way I walk together with God. And then it's like Jesus. Like Jesus. He is our model. So Christ-like disciples. And in the middle of that Christ-like is I integration, being part of the body of Christ, deeply connected with others within the body. Romans chapter 12, verse 5, it says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We are part of one body. We belong to each other. It is together. This is the way God has set us up. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 16, we have a powerful um, passage about, about this, the way this thing is to be lived out and how we grow as a community, um, as the family of God. Ephesians 4 from 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gives to the church. Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be mature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You know, as a church, we are working, we are praying that God would help um, and, 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 and enable us so that we might enable that this church will be a true platform where each and every one of us, you and me, you know, that we will truly rise up to the full potential of the body of Christ. This is something that we do together because the church, you know, as, as, as the Bible tells us, is the body of Christ. And in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 23, it says that, you know, as Christ's body, we are the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And so, in a sense, we are, we, as we grow, our impact, our influence into the whole of the world becomes an amazing impact. It grows and it reflects who Jesus Christ is. There are two key themes that I want to 
just look at in this passage, you know, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16, um, which is about how the church, the body of Christ, is meant to function. First of all, there is the call of leadership, which is to empower. We are given leaders to empower us so that we do the work of God. That, guys, is the purpose of all leadership. You know, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles, they don't have leadership so that they have power over you, you know, that they can control you and lord it over you. (laughs) Their function is to equip, is to serve you, to empower you so that you in turn can serve Christ. And, and, And that follows a principle for the whole of the church, for everybody that was given to us by Jesus Christ, when we think about the whole area of leadership, in Matthew 20, verses 26 to 28, Jesus said, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So you too, you know, wherever you have opportunity, a place of leadership, serve, serve. This is a principle. Every person, even all those people that we were electing, you know, every follower of Christ needs to understand this, that leadership is service. Our call is to serve. So equip and empower other people so that they may grow and become excellent in all that they are called to do. The second thing Um, The second big theme here is becoming mature. That's the goal. That's the goal. God wants us to grow up until we reach the full measure of Jesus Christ. And he's designed the church, the body of Christ. He's designed the church so that you and I can grow to maturity. We learn and when we actually do the things that that Christ is calling us to, we become mature as believers. And in verse 14... We see some, you know, amazing truth there that, you know, as we, as we mature, we also become sure of our faith. And we can't be conned by people who come with all sorts of new ideas and ways because people want to control you. People always want to be able to manipulate you, get you to do what they want. You know, even people calling themselves pastors and prophets and all of that. But we are able to prevent such people gaining power over us because we are becoming mature. But please note, becoming mature is inextricably linked to our walking together. Together. Verse 13 says, this will continue until we all come to to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. It's all of us. And in verse 16, it stresses this thought when it says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its work, its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Healthy and growing and full of love. Each one of us needs to be involved in that. You know, the church is designed so the people of the church, you know, are closely linked together and their differences are working together. That the differences that we have in our personalities and our giftings and all the different things, all of those are contributions that we bring to the work of the body and we grow in. That's when we grow healthily. God wants you. God wants you to grow. He wants me to grow. He wants your church to grow. You know, that's the big idea. But here's the thing. We do it together. We do it together. Becoming mature requires that we are growing together. 
You know, there are things that, that, you know, we just see that, especially as we are bringing, as we are coming to, into the spiritual emphasis campaign, you know, one of the big focuses will be that we need to be walking together. We need, you know, the whole church in different ways will be walking in their groups and, in, and, and wherever we'll be growing and working together. We need to have this deep in our hearts. We grow better together. This is the design of God. You grow in ways with other people that you will never, ever grow on your own. There are people who like to say, you know, I just follow Christ and it's just me by myself. I can do my studies. Guys, you cannot really grow spiritually on your own. You know, you, you may get Bible knowledge. <laughs> you, may, you may even know the words that need to be said. You know, the right way to say certain words. But guys, you don't learn patience. You don't learn forgiveness. You don't learn, you know, kindness and unselfishness. You don't learn perseverance. Basically, you don't learn love. All these things are things that we can only learn in relationship, in community. This is why the first step to spiritual maturity, you know, is to join a church family and get involved, get connected. And there are many ways, many, many ways in which we, we grow together. And I want to give you some that just come straight out of the passage. There are so many others, but just from this passage, we can see some that are shouting. The first one, that these different gifts are available to empower our growth. You know, God gave to the church the five ministries, the, the leadership types that, that, that are mentioned there, apostles, prophets, and all of these, who help to equip us, not just for our personal growth, but also for our effectiveness you know, in living and accomplishing the great purposes of God. Those things that God has designed you for, you are and being equipped to be able to do them. We learn from them, and as we grow, we also take up some of those responsibilities. We also teach other people so that everyone, the whole body, is growing. The second is, is just honest and loving feedback. It helps us to grow. In verse 15, it says, speaking the truth in love. And speaking the truth in love means that, you know, I'm thinking about you. I want you to succeed. I want you to know where you fit and, and, and what will be the right place for you where, will you, where you will become the very best that you can be. You know, some people think that speaking the truth in love, speaking in love means that you only encourage, that you only look for the things that you can encourage and you say, oh, you're really, really good. You know, even when somebody is really, really bad at that thing. I wonder whether you guys remember, we used to have these things, I don't, I'm not, I've not been watching much for some time, but you know, Tusker Project fame and, and, and things like that. And they'd show us the auditions. And one of the things that would happen in every audition was that you get some people and you wonder, hi, has no one ever told this person that she can't sing? You know, nobody's ever bothered to tell them. What kind of love is that? That allows someone to self-deceive completely and start setting themselves on a path which will guarantee their failure. Speaking the truth in love means I'm thinking about your welfare. I'm thinking about what is good for you. I want you to find freedom. I want you to find fullness. And those things are found when you understand the truth. It is the truth, Jesus said, that will set you free. Some others speak the truth, or, you know, but they use it as a weapon. Yeah? Some people, you know, they bring down somebody that God made. And he made that person in God's image. And God cares about that person. 
You know, you, please don't do that. Don't ever use the truth as a weapon. Speaking the truth in love means giving that honest and loving feedback that you want this person to become better. You want them ultimately to win. And then the third thing is teamwork, that body life. It helps us to grow. Each part does its own special work. Like a football team, all these guys in the Premier League, they've just recently finished all the transfers and we're going to be able to see how those teams work together. Each person has to contribute. There might be a superstar that we are all so impressed by, but if the other people aren't working, that guy cannot perform. It requires that each and every person is contributing their talent, their support, according to your gifting, according to your personality, all of these things. You know, we are gifted in different ways. We are made different. And when we contribute those differences, those different giftings, we are so much more able to meet the needs that we have and the needs that are around us, even beyond, you know, where, where, where we are. We become a powerful people for the Lord. Each one of us has a part to play in God's plan, in God's purpose. Now this passage in, in Ephesians chapter 4, it starts a little bit earlier with a place where we are really being told that we are family. In fact, it says, you know, there is only one God and Father of us all who works in us all and through us all. This is, this is the reality. We are a family. We have one father. And there's something really powerful in verses 15 and 16 that shows us how family should work. I pray that this will be the reality in your own families, in, your, in the families into which you're born. But, I, but, but this family that you have been brought into by the Holy Spirit, um, this family, this is how we are supposed to live. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. Instead, it says, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Speaking the truth in love. That's, that should be reflected within any family. And of course, this requires that we are close enough to build relationships of trust, it requires that we are sharing the word of truth together. We are holding each other accountable. We are able to correct. We are able to rebuke and help each other to walk in God's way. And it's all to be in love. In love. The goal is not how good I look. It's not how clever I look. It's not how, many, how much people will like me. The goal is to help the other person for their benefit. Guys, building relationships that are like this requires time together. It requires commitment. It requires a measure of openness and it requires confidentiality. It requires real commitment. And I can tell you this for free. You know, you're not going to get that kind of relationship through just, you know, social media where people present, you know, some special pictures of themselves and, and, and you know, um, sometimes if people are dying of, 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 of pain or jealousy or something else because hey, yeah, this person always looks so good always because you can place just a front you can place just a front um, but when we are walking close together the kind of relationship that God wants us to have is not a place not a relationship which is just a front it is a relationship that is real that is deep that is truthful and it's also true that you can't have that kind of relationship with a thousand people it doesn't happen in a crowd. It must be a smaller number of people that you walk together with 
in the family. And here what we have are small groups that we call community life groups where we are working to help that you and I will form and build such relationships. You know, it's not that we are perfect, you know, and we're not doing it perfectly and, and you know, there's never going to be a group that is, that is perfect because the reality is we are all imperfect and my imperfection stepping into that group also adds to the imperfection of the group, doesn't it? And so there's always room for improvement and my prayer is that each and every one of us will be committed to, to, to make it better. You know, you may have had some disappointments, but this is important. There's no other way you can grow other than together with others. And my prayer is that we'll be committed to keep on getting better. You know, the CLG is, is powerful. These past two and a half years, the crisis of COVID, and then this year, prices have gone crazy. So many of us have depended on the support and care from others. And CLGs have been so supportive. I know. This is my personal experience. During last year, I and Rachel, we lost four of our siblings. Four siblings, all at different times. And the CLG didn't get tired. They were always there. They came through every time. I need to be part of a community life group. Then thinking about family once again, true family members are not centered on themselves. They are centered on the calling of the head, of the family. Where is this family going? You know, we live in a culture where we are, we are so caught up and we, we are taught just to focus on ourselves, on me and what I want and, 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 and you know, where, where, whatever I can select. You know, we even make our own rules and we decide, you know, I'm the one who decides what's good or, or bad and what the standards ought to be, even as Christians. You know, we, we don't often acknowledge that we are sinners that are saved by grace. And instead, you find, we, we find ourselves saying, you know, I deserve this. You know, the scriptures, <laughs> you know, it says, each of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Isn't that true? And what is the wages of sin? It's death. What do I deserve? Death. But the grace of God, the gift of God is this life. And it's becoming part of this family. And this family cares. A good family cares. And it supports and it helps me grow. Uh, but it never revolves around me. The focal point is Jesus. The head. We are listening to him. We do not my will but yours. And when we're thinking whose? It is Jesus Christ. The will of our head. That is Jesus Christ. A family keeps tightly connected. We're told they're each supporting ligament. There's real connections like what it is in a body. It enables each one to contribute and to rise up to their full, con you know, their full potential. And as you do that, you are helping other people grow and become all that they can be. And the outcome, the whole family grows. The whole family is full of love. The whole family is healthy. No one is left behind. Really, that's how a family should be. You know, a place where every person can truly become um, and rise up to their very best, give their very, very best and help other people, every other member of the family to also rise up to their very best. We are better together. And, and God designed the church as a family, as a family so that no one walks alone. You can't walk alone. Let me give you four ways that being part of a, of a church group, um, a family, it helps you to grow and be more effective as a servant of Christ. 
Um, this is something that we have worked into our community life groups ministry so that they, are, they, they should be reflected in each and every group. And these are the four A's. So that's to give you your expectations. Affir- affiliation, affirmation, application, and accountability. The first one is affiliation. That's belonging. That there's somewhere I belong. A lot, of, a lot of our CLGs have actually given themselves names. And therefore you can identify, you know, this is my group. And, and this is where I belong and I'm part of the church. And this is where I'm expressing that personal connection with other members of the body. These are the people that I'm working with most closely. This is where you are able to speak the truth to one another. This is where you are able to share your reality, your truth, as you love each other, you sharpen each other, you help each other to live. And the first part of this, of this kind of community, um, of affiliation, is another A. It is accepting. Accepting each other. Acceptance says that it doesn't matter what you've done. You know, it doesn't even matter how long you've been doing it. You know, what matters is what is the direction of your feet right now? Where are you headed right now? You know, because God accepted us. God accepted us. And so he accepts you. God wants us to follow his example in accepting everyone. Romans chapter 15. It says, accept one another then. Just as Christ has accepted you. You may be a little surprised. You may even be shocked by what has happened in someone's life, um, what they've done or what they've gone through. But we accept him or her because by being part of the group, they've already shown that they want to walk together with God within this family. Yes, they might have messed up. You know, all of us, by the way, have messed up at one time or another. We've all messed up. What matters is that they are dealing with it. And, and, and if, you know, they are walking together with us, you and I can help them deal with it if we accept them and love them and then do the other three A's that are part of the CLG, you know, in, in part of the community life group. The Bible says, share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. That's Galatians 6.2. Not by loading more burdens, not by pointing a finger and saying, hey, Sarala, look at this person. You know, accepting each other means that you care for each other. And, 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 and one of the outcomes would be, you know, the testimony that we see in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26. As a participating member, you learn to care about others, share the experiences of others. And this is what the, the Bible says. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And you start feeling that close to people so that their pain and their gain is your pain and gain that you are together. You know, it's only in regular contact with ordinary, imperfect believers that we learn real fellowship that helps us to grow. Biblical fellowship is about being committed to other Christians in the same way that we are to Jesus. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. This is the kind of sacrificial love that God expects you to show to other believers. A willingness to love them in the same way that Jesus has loved you. And if we want someone to feel accepted, to feel they belong, they must feel safe. They must feel safe with us. And so, you know, confidentiality. Confidentiality is one of the most important principles in every community life group. You know, what is shared in the group stays in the group group. 
Whatever is shared in the group. It's not for sharing outside. It's not even to share as, 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 as a prayer request or to, you know, to, we're adding more prayers. You know, we've, we've, we've all heard about those kinds of situations. We've seen them. We've maybe been in, in, in such a place where somebody's telling you, you know, the other day we were talking in my group and, you know, so-and-so is going through a certain trouble and this is what is happening in their life and, ah, oh, and, and let's pray for them. Goodness. What on earth are you doing? Yeah? What is shared in the group stays in the group. We want to be able to share openly so that we can grow, so we need to trust each other. And so it, whatever is shared in the group stays right there. You don't go and share it outside. For affiliation to work, we need acceptance, care, and confidentiality. The second A is affirming. Affirming one another. Affirmation. Which means encouraging. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13. Encourage one another daily. Daily. You know, each of us, each of us needs encouragement. Each and every one of us needs that, you know, you're okay. We need to hear, you know, you're, you're, you're doing well. Um, and, and, you know, when you've messed up and things have gone completely wrong, yes, you failed, you might have messed up, but God still loves you and we still love you. We need to hear that. You know, we need to hear you matter to, to us. We need to feel that we are valued. We need to feel that our contribution is, is important. The contribution that we are making to others matters to them. Otherwise, we can give up. You know, when life gets hard, we can give up. Affirmation. We need it. The third A is application. We need to help one another apply the truths that we are learning. Getting practical is key to growing in Christ, um, in growing, growing, growing in, in, in God's truth. God is never satisfied with you just knowing. You've got to put these things to practice. James 1.25 says, Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. The blessing comes in the doing. We have to get those things into action. You know, there are times that... that, that you know, I might know the answer, the thing that needs to be, you know, I might, might understand, you know, this is the truth and this is what is expected. I know the principle, but I just don't know how to apply it in my situation. I need your help. And so come alongside me and, and help me to apply God's truth. None of us has all the wisdom. We all need each other. And as you apply, you will be sharing in Christ's mission in the world. You know, when Jesus walked on the earth, you know, God worked through the physical body of Jesus Christ. But today he uses God's spiritual body, us, the church. The church is God's instrument on earth. You know, the Father who is working in us and through us. This is how God is, is at work. You know, so it's the people, it's, it's you and I. As we gather together, we are not just to model God's love um, in loving each other. We are to carry it together into the rest of the world and impact the world. Paul tells us, you know, that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a purpose for you. That's Ephesians 2.10. In your CLGs, um, one of the things that we do in our CLGs is, is, is to get involved in, in things that we do together. You know, serving God by visiting and, and you know, needy people going out and thinking about a mission. Some of us are good at, you know, we're just good at different things. Some of us are good at talking. Some of us are good at praying. You know, some of us are good at organizing. 
And together we serve. Some others are good at fundraising and bringing in the resources. We achieve more as we work together. And it's a safe place. And so we can learn more freely. We can try something new because we know these people love me. And so if I make a mistake, I'm going to find encouragement, not someone laughing at me. And I'll be helped to walk that path. You know, and whatever we learn as we do together with other people, we are more likely to start applying them in the other parts of our lives where God wants us to apply them in our workplace, in our home, in the social setting where I am. I can do those things because I've started doing them as I'm walking together within the family in that safe place. Application. The fourth A is accountability. Holding each other accountable. You know, Hebrews 10, 24, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We need to spur each other on so that we keep on growing. You know, how many times have you had that thought in your mind? I, th- th- there's something good. In fact, I, I, I realized even this morning I had something that I was thinking, I need to contact so-and-so. And then I didn't do it. You know, how many times do those kinds of things happen in our lives? We do nothing. And to be honest, it's so much easier to do the right thing if you know you have someone who's going to ask you, you know, who's going to check up on you, someone who's going to encourage you and who cares about you actually doing those things. And another thing that happens when we are accountable to each other is that a church family will help you avoid moral failure. It'll help you avoid moral failure. No one is immune, by the way, to temptation, you know? I don't know who you think is the most holy guy around us here, but nobody is immune to temptation. Given the right situation, you and I are capable of almost any sin. And God knows this. So he has assigned people, the community of faith around us, individuals, that responsibility of keeping one another in check. The Bible says, you know, again, Hebrews 3.13, reading it um, a little bit further, you know, encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We are called and commanded to be involved in each other's lives. If you know someone who is, you know, right now wavering spiritually, they're, they're walking through a struggle, it is your responsibility to reach out, to lovingly bring them back into the fellowship. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, um, the Bible says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. That's our goal. When you see someone is slipping, Bring them back in with love, not with a pointing finger, with love. You know, Satan loves detached believers. Unplugged from the life of the body, you know, disconnected and isolated from God's family, unaccountable to other Christians and, 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 to, and to their leaders. Because he knows these people are defenseless. They're defenseless um, and, and they're powerless in terms of dealing with his tactics. The Christian life, guys, is much more than just saying, you know, I am committed to Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ. It includes a commitment to other Christians, to being part of the family. So where is this going to happen? Once again, it can only happen as we gather together in smaller groups. Because if we try to do this like today, it would be chaos. You know, who would end up, you know, how many people would end up speaking? It's only me, eh? And then maybe a few others, if we allowed ourselves another two hours, maybe a few others would be able to speak. It can't work. We have to do it in a smaller setting where you can build trust, where you can be open to one another, and you can grow together. This is where we grow together. We, are, we grow better 
together. And guess what? Another thing is that we reach out better together. In John chapter 17, we have recorded a, a, a major, major prayer that Jesus prayed. And he was praying not only for his disciples that time, but even for us, the church that would come after them. In verse 23, he says, may, may they, and that's us, that's us now, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Now that, that last part is just powerful. That God loves you. God loves me in the same way, just as much as he loves Jesus. That's absolutely amazing. But going back to that early part, you know, that this, this whole thing about how people are going to discover the message of God and, and the genuineness of the message of Jesus Christ, it's going to be discovered through, through our unity. It's through our togetherness. You know, if, if we live in, in that way, then people start looking at that and they start saying, actually, it must be true. This Jesus, who we are told lived and died 2,000 years ago, really does make a difference and change people's lives and point us into eternity. People will know this is true when they see us united, when they see us walking together. You know, I've ever seen a demonstration. You know, when it has many people, it can stop traffic, isn't it? And have you ever tried to stop traffic by yourself? It's not easy, yeah? And, and this happens in our lives. As we walk and we talk with people, you find some people, they just avoid you. So they just go around. And then other people, they will actually push you aside. But when you are many, you have a real impact when you are a community. So how can we, as a church body, reach out and you know, meet and, and, and reach our community um, for Christ. How can we do it together? And again, there are lots and lots of ways. But I want to point out just two that we can do in this particular season, this spiritual emphasis campaign season. And the first one is simply, please invite them. Invite them to church. Come for the campaign. You know, it's a, someone is just told, oh, it's just, it's just for the next two months. Just please come. And the next few weeks will be, you know, they will be really, really enriching. You know, they'll be special. All of it in terms of just the growth with understanding how to walk together with God, the singing, the ministry time, the sermons, the, the children's ministry, the teens class, you know, all of it working together. If you know an, a non-believer, invite them. I know every one of us knows a non-believer. Invite them. Invite him or her. You know, let them come and taste the Christian community. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Invite them for a taste. The second way is by using your group to bring someone to Jesus, to bring people to Jesus. Your CLG, um, that group that, you, that you're in, you know, whichever group, you can, you can even get together with a few other Christians and think about doing it as a special project. You know, create a group with, in which you're inviting non-believers to come and be part of that. You know, there are non-believers, there are, there are some people who would never ever attend into church, come to church. But if you invited them to your group, you know, to your home on a, on, on a weekday evening, they would come. They'd be open to that. Do you guys remember the story of that man who was brought to Jesus, that paralyzed man who was brought to Jesus on a mat? You know, in Mark chapter 2, verse 23, it says four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat to Jesus. This man was paralyzed. There was no way he had deep needs, but there was no way he was going to be able to meet them. 
and have them met. He needed to come to Jesus and, and he needed people to help him. He couldn't get there on his own. You know, just look, think about the people around us, the 10 kilometer radius around this church. There are thousands of paralyzed people, thousands and thousands of people who, you know, are paralyzed with guilt or they are paralyzed with, with worry and bitterness and, you know, their loneliness. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe some of them, you know, the, 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 the results read out tomorrow will just be a blow that will bring some people really, really, really low. They're paralyzed with all kinds of problems and stress. And they just don't know how to get to Jesus in a genuine way. And we can be that people that help them. They need someone to help. And in this case, you know, it took four friends. It's not one, not two. It took four guys to bring this man to Jesus. And some people, they need you to team up to build that bridge of love. That will enable them to walk to where Jesus is. To be connected with Jesus. You know, back when we, when we started RCLG, the CLG that I'm part of, we had a few non-believers um, join us and become part of the group. And they tasted, they saw, and in time, all of them became followers of Jesus. And it's an amazing thing. It's absolutely wonderful. It gives me so much joy, even as I remember it now. And so I invite you, you know, Think about how you can make this really a powerful part of your life in terms of growing. Because we grow better together. We reach out better together. The power of together is huge. So value the together. This is where you grow to fullness in Christ. Get connected. Get into a CLG, you know, and, and, and make sure that, that that mutual growth happens. If you're in a CLG and you've been struggling, you know, that it's, you're wondering, you know, this thing is not quite up to that standard that I need it to be. Would you commit to become a person that helps to raise it to that standard? You know, think about those four A's and start to think, you know, maybe the first A, is there someone that I haven't accepted? I have a challenge with their personality and I have to struggle. I have to make the effort to accept this person. Is, does this person need affirmation? Because they're feeling so low and what they need is to know that they are valued and that this will open their lives up. You know, what, how can I help someone to apply you know, I'm, I'm struggling. I think this guy is doing, he's being silly. He's doing the wrong thing. Can I, instead of pointing the finger at him, can I walk with him and help him in the process of applying and, and, and holding each other accountable? You know, just be part of it because this is where the power of Christ really comes out as we walk together. The church is designed as a family. You know, even that word church, it really is about people being gathered together. And that's the family of Jesus Christ, walking together. And may you and I find that power. May you and I recognize and embrace the, the, the power of, of that together because it will empower your growth. It will truly, truly enable you to become all that God has planned for you. You know, as Ephesians 4 verse 16 says, God makes the whole, well, Christ makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. As each one of us gifted so differently, we have a purpose that God has put us in this body for. And it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. May that health, may that growth, may love be the result in your life. And I pray that, that the empowering of together 
will be your experience. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just thank you so much for this amazing thing that you have told us is the inheritance, this great inheritance that we have in one another. May you be powerfully present among us as we gather in our smaller groups, even as we are today in this much larger group. And may we truly understand the inheritance that we have in walking together with you. May you truly fulfill all the purposes of our lives. Help us to grow and become everything that we can be. Healthy, growing, and full of love. May this be our reality. In Jesus' name, amen. Has this message challenged you? We hope that it has been a blessing in your life. If you would like to give your life to Christ, or talk to, or pray with someone, kindly reach us on WhatsApp 0721 990 880. God bless you.